welcome and thanks for tuning in to real people real talk relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving this is the podcast that goes there my name is paul calco and i'm your host now let's talk hello thriver and thank you so much for tuning in today here's why you should listen We're talking about breaking family curses and generational curses, and we're going to talk a little bit about nature versus nurture. My guest today is an author. He's an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, has an amazing story to share. So welcome to the show, D'Angelo Collier. What's up, man? Blessed to be here. Give my dear listener just a snapshot of um, how you grew up, man. I want to hear your story. I grew up in a single parent household. Um... I knew my dad, but my dad wasn't in my life because of like certain circumstances and whatnot. My mom was on EBT food stamps, section eight. Um, I'm from Galloway, Tennessee, fed kind of like 30 minutes outside of Memphis. And I just grew up like in the unfortunate circumstances. And just based on that, most people, they would have had, would have had like a victim mentality due to the circumstances and i I just want to hear like how did you overcome all that you've been through the first thing i gotta say nobody but god amen nobody but god i'm glad that god gave me the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding to help me like realize the battles and the generational curses that i was currently facing i'm very grateful for god allowed me to still rise above my circumstances like with all i have been through being in the streets, uh, living, not even having a father figure in my life growing up, didn't have a role model growing up and all of that stuff. So I'm just very grateful for God. And he he just opened my mind up to something greater. And when I tapped into my full potential with God, everything else was history. Man, that's a word right there. And that's a wrap, y'all. He already gave us a word, so we're going to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, not only did you overcome that, but you wrote a book about your experiences. Can you just tell the people about about your book? Yeah, so the book is called Breaking the Family Curse, Testimony Still Loaded. It's about how the enemy has had a negative stronghold over my life for generations or over my family life for generations. All of my uncles and aunties dropped out of school before the 10th grade. Most of all, the men in my family over the age of 18 been in jail before, including myself. But God saw the good in me, and he changed my life around for the better. Now he has given me the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding to help me break some of my family generational curses. Humbly, I'm the first person in my family to graduate from a four-year university, the University of Memphis. I'm the first person in my family to graduate with my graduate degree from the University of Mississippi. First in my family to pledge a fraternity. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, and first in my family to work for the government. So everything, that's the book, that's my whole life story. And I titled it Testimony Still Loading because God isn't done with me yet. He got a lot more in store for me. He got a lot more generational curses that he is about to let me break. And I'm just grateful for it. So first of all, congratulations. Thanks, bro. Man, to be to be an author and just all that list of accomplishment. And I just want to say from brother to brother, like I'm I'm proud of you. I know this is our first time meeting you, but just reading your book and hearing your story, I just want to say I'm proud of you. I appreciate that, bro. Most definitely. I feel like we need to normalize, you know, um encouraging uh fellow brothers and sisters in crisis that's doing the work of the Lord. And so you mentioned um graduating from the University of Memphis. What did you did you major in? I majored in criminal justice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right. Right. The total opposite. That is awesome. As 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 he talked about just um various amounts of people. 
um, part of his family that's over 18 has been in jail and including himself. So he went from a person being in jail and then he, to what he studied, I just love how God is just so ironic sometimes and how he turned things around. Man, God is amazing. Amen. And as I was reading your book, like you got real, like when I read, when I read your book and, you know, I did my research on your Instagram, I was like, that's the definition of real people, real talk. And that's the story that you have. And you went, you you went there. How did your family respond to this book? Because you you put it all out there. Yeah, so it was kind of it was kind of tricky at first. I was like, man, I don't know how my family is going to react with me putting like our business out there. And everything that I wrote in my book is wasn't to degrade my family at all, but it was just to shed light on everything that I'm currently facing and everything that my family was currently facing. Generational curses are general or uh, generational curses are general like it's universal like a lot of people deal with generational curses so i was like okay it is what it is my family should know that i never degrade them by any means right but this is what god gave me and if god gave me something to be honest with you i don't care who against it because if god gave me something it's a purpose behind it so that's why i did it and i didn't get any like, I didn't get any, like, oh, dang, you shouldn't have put that in the book or anything of that nature. My family loved the book. They came to my book sign, and they still promote me. They still promote my book. They still tell people about me and everything. My family is so proud of me. Man. My family, man. I love that. I love that so much that your family is um, proud of you. And I was reading a book. I felt like I had, like, an inside track to it because uh, my wife knows you. She went to high school with you. And I was yeah. like, what is where half of our cedar cedar ridge from where you live at and all that <laughs> yes and then it was one thing you was talking about how you was giving back and you mentioned shedrick you talking about shedrick heard yeah okay okay so it was shedrick if you listen to shout out to you uh man he we had a chance to preach at a revival together he is good people so it's like yeah, good people a word a word and so do you think as i'm thinking about this the term breaking family curses breaking generational curses do you think that we are products of our environment or are we products of our choices? It's kind of like this whole argument that's been going on since the beginning of time, nature versus nurture. I think, I think it depends on, it's a, it's a very unique, it's a very unique question. It really depends on like circumstance in every situation. Yes, I was a product of my environment. Like if I did see anybody, for example, if I didn't see anybody, I didn't see anybody out here that like went to college. I didn't see anybody out here making legal money, um, married, um, have a well, have a real marriage and whatnot. So I do think that you're a product of your environment. Let me give you an example. So say little Timmy is from the hood, right? His mama didn't graduate from high school. His dad is not in his life. His brother and sisters stay out right in the streets. His cousin, everybody he hang around in his neighborhood. It's out of industry. They drug dealing. They are in gangs. They are not making legal money. What do you think Latimia is going to do? Hey, I'm going to say eight times out of 10, because God can bring a person out of that situation like he did me. But eight times out of 10, Latimia is going to fall into the same footsteps as his mom, as his brother, as his cousin, as whoever is in his neighborhood. So I do think you are a product of your environment. But as you get older, you should become more conscious of everything that you do. 
that is when the second half come in is that you uh, have to take accountability for your actions. As I got older, start, God started like giving me more knowledge and wisdom, understanding about everything that I was doing. He said, no, don't supposed to be doing this. You cannot be a product of your environment. Although you was, you was raised in that type of environment, but you don't have to be a product of your environment because I'm going to take you out of that environment and I'm going to renew your mind. And I'm going to let you come closer to me so I can give you a renewed mind so I can take you out of that environment, put you in a whole new environment that you never thought that you would never imagine that you would be in. And that's the situation that I am in right now. Man, and to be honest, a lot of people this that are in the hood that are having generational curses, drug curses, gang curses, they never realize that they have those curses in their life. They never realize that everything that they are doing is wrong. Gracefully, God gave me the knowledge. Again, I, I always say this: God gave me the knowledge, wisdom, understanding. He made me conscious of my actions. He made me conscious to like say, no, I don't want to do this. I always look for other people's mistakes. I learn from other people's mistakes. So when my cousin went to jail for a long time, I said, no, I do not want to do that. I want to be better. I don't want my nieces and my nephew falling to the same footsteps of my uh, other family. I didn't want them to do that. I want them to be better than our family generational curse. I want them to be better than our family. So I do, again, it's, every situation is different with that. I was struggling when I was thinking about that question to ask because I don't even know the answer myself. I, I think it's both. And yeah. I feel like we are products of our environments. We're heavily influenced by our environments, but we're also a product of our choices. Sure. And I, I love your story because it speaks to the power of choices where to the person that's listening, maybe you have family curses. Maybe it's it's gambling or drugs or unhealthy relationships. And you, with the grace of God, you can break those cycles and start making good choices. You don't have to stay where you are. Would you agree to that, bro? I definitely agree to that. Anybody can break their family generational curses, especially with the help of God. You just have to be conscious of those curses. That's the key right there, bro. You have to be conscious. Once I became conscious, uh, wow, none of my uncles and aunties graduated from high school. Nobody in my family graduated from college. Nobody in my family had worked for the government before. And all those type of things and other generational curses as well. Once I became conscious of those curses, I was like, God, okay, we got some work to do. Let me become the person that I need to be in order to break my family generational curses. Because the person, is, it is always harder on a person that is first. Mm. But once you break that curse, people behind you are going to have it more easier than you had it. Exactly. Somebody has to break the cycle. And to the listener, that somebody can be you with the help of God. That's one thing I love about D'Angelo as I was reading his book. He always gave glory to God. And so how would you... How would you say uh, faith played a role in your life and just, you know, kind of how you came to know the Lord? I'm curious to know that. Great question, bro. So, again, I moved to Memphis when I was six. When I moved to Memphis from six all the way up to it'd be 19 or 20, I was out of church. I, I didn't go to church. I prayed every night, but I didn't go to church. 
So that's a that's a big difference between praying and praying every night and actually having like a relationship with God. So all the way from six to nineteen, I didn't have a real relationship with God. So my auntie, one day my auntie said, um, my cousin they used to play basketball. His coach, who is my pastor now, my my uh, auntie said, oh, y'all want to go to church with me this Sunday? And I'm gonna be real, bro. When I got to my church, Logic Light of Glory International Church, I saw nothing but beautiful women. I'm like, God, keep it real. They doing it, they doing it like this in church. I didn't even pay attention to the word that day. I was just looking around at the women. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna come back again. Cause I'm saying women gonna be here next Sunday. So that's how God reeled me in. He gave me something that is pleasing to my eye in the church. He said, okay, let me do something that he liked. He got me right there. And as I started going to church, I started building my relationship with God. I started reading the Bible. I started fellowship and I started praying more, being more intimate with God in the rest of the history, bro. That's how I build my faith. I always say that I can do anything with Christ. Everything, some things are impossible with man, but everything is possible with God. Great is he that is in me that he is in the word. That verse will keep me going, bro. You you preaching right now, bro. You are preaching right now. And so from that, I would say like at that moment, is that, is that kind of when things kind of turned around in your life where you went from, you know, with the going on with the family curses, the generational curses, and then just start this change in this trajectory to be the the author, the entrepreneur. Like what, what would you say to that? When I was in church, I still dibbling and dabbing. So okay. I'm gonna be real. When I when I uh started going to church, I was still out there. I didn't get serious until well I got serious about my generational curses when I when I went to church. That's when I got serious about my generational curses. But when I got serious about actually being a man of God I could say that happened around 2017. So that actually happened after I wrote my book. I was serious about my generational curses when I wrote my book, but I wasn't really serious about being a man that God needed me to be or having a real relationship with God until like after a year later. And I was like, okay, let me, let me, God has given me grace and mercy. Okay, let me just live my life for him. Let me be sold out for God. And ever since ever 2017, I started, God started revealing generational curses internally. Every generational curse that you see in my book is externally. Now God is dealing with the internal generational curses. Mm, come on. Like um, believing, fear, doubt, depression. So people always ask me, do I have another book in me? I say, yes, I do. But it's going to be different than my first book. The first book dealt with drugs. The first book dealt with games, education. This book is going to deal with the root causes. This book is going to deal with fear. This book is going to deal with lust. This book is going to deal with doubt, depression, everything that you need to fix or let God fix in order to break the curse from drugs, um, education and everything of that nature. So, bro, like if you when you write it, let me know. I will buy it. I love supporting people doing what God has called them to do. And I, I, I really appreciate how on your book is a testimony still still loading. I, this is a process. We never get to this point and say, all right, we arrived, but we always continue to grow and grow and grow. And 
just a different experience. I don't want to give it away because to my listener, um, you, I'm going to leave the link um, in the show notes. You got to buy the book. All right. I don't want to give everything away. But some of the things that you went through is um, very relatable to other African-Americans. They have grown through like the quote unquote struggle, like having people like to die in your family. And I, I think people don't realize that that's traumatic. Um, sometimes African-Americans go through a collective traumatic experience. And I know other people go through, but I'm just speaking from, from my vantage point. And I, I'm curious to know, like, how did you and how are you coping mentally? Because one of the things that we talk about here at Real People Real Talk um, is mental health. So how, how do you stay men- mentally healthy? The first thing I do, I always pray. You always have to have God in your life to help you with your, uh, your mental. The second thing I do is I meditate. Yes, God is the answer to everything, but you still need to take care of yourself in the natural. So I pray, I meditate, I read books to gain more knowledge on uh, different issues that I'm currently facing. And the last thing I do is I talk to my girlfriend, releases a lot of stress, releases uh, a lot of energy to get feedback on with her. And a lot, I know in, the, in our community, in the African-American community, Black men, we always embottle our feelings. We don't talk about our feelings. We don't release our feelings. We don't like talk about stuff that we are going through because society has taught us, if you talk about your feelings, you are weak. If you express emotions, you are weak. But we have to change that. Just because you show feelings and you're releasing anger and you're releasing like what you are going through, that doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you strong. They make you strong. And I think that I think it's kind of changing. Let me ask, let me ask you this question. Growing up, if someone in your family or you told your mom, your dad, or anybody in your life that, oh man, I need to go see a therapist, they're gonna say, bro, you lost your are you crazy? They're gonna say, there is something wrong with you, or are you crazy? And yes. since we have said that so much, yeah. we don't go to therapy. But I'm glad that it's changing now. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm glad that it's changing too, because often in the black community, we think therapy is a rich person person's thing. Uh, we think therapy is a white person's thing um, or a quote unquote crazy person thing. But I like to say like this um, to struggle mentally and to do something about it, whether it's going through a professional, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you're human. It means that you're strong enough to take a responsibility for um, your mental health. Matter of fact, it was one quote that said um, one out of five people struggle with mental illness, but five out of five people have mental health. And so we all um, deal with. So I love I love that list, like pray, meditate, read books, talk and vent. And when you say books, like I'm an avid reader as well. What what book um, and then avid reader to avid reader, it may be hard to narrow down one. But besides the Bible, what book has made the most impact on you? 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. This is my favorite book. Hey. It's a dope book, bro. You have to check it out. And I just started reading. I say, when I got 20, I had never read a book on my own until I reached the age of 20. Wow. Yep. I can, that's so relatable because one thing growing up, I just, I did good in school, but I just, I did not like reading. No cap. I think I was 20, maybe 21. One summer I got my hands on one book and then it just kind of exposed me to different ideas. And I felt better after reading. And I've been like reading books every since. So what's, what's, um, when it comes to reading, 
why would you, because I believe in being all that God has called you to be, and part of that is um, is learning and through self-improvement and through listening and through reading. Why do you think reading makes such an impact on people? Man, knowledge is powerful. Say that. Bro, knowledge is, I'm just going to say that knowledge is powerful. Like, every time I read, although you're not going to retain everything that you read in the book, right. but I always try to retain at least five things in the book to what I can do on my day-to-day life. Man, knowledge is powerful. You got to pick up a book, bro. When you pick up a book, they can't take knowledge away from you. They can take everything else, but they cannot take knowledge away from you, bro. So reading is very fundamental. Reading is very important. So I want to encourage y'all to read out there, and you can start by reading Breaking Family Curses, and I'm going to leave that link in the show notes. And then I got something for y'all in 2021. I guess since I've spoken to the universe, I might have to actually start writing it. I want to write a book about going from surviving to thriving. And so to be honest with you, after reading your book, I'm going to just keep it real, man. You really inspired me to write that book that I feel like that God has um, placed in my heart and also inspired me to to pursue. To I guess to, I was already thinking about pursuing my doctorate, but after reading your book, I had a chance like to text my mom and just ask about different people in our family who went to school, whether it was a two year or a four year. And I don't think we have a doctor in the family. And I remember having an uncle that, that said we need a doctor in the family. So just just that sparked the conversation with my mom. And now I'm like, I need to go ahead and um, apply and get that doctor. So, Hey, so thank yeah. you. And one of my favorite quotes from your book uh, is you said, why hang around people who don't motivate or push you to be great? And so could you just for a moment, speak to the importance of having the right people in your circle? That's huge, man. It's like, I'm glad that you asked me that question. It is huge, bro. You are who you hang around. You are who you hang around, bro. Like, if you hang around four broke people, nine times out of ten, you're going to be that fifth broke person. You need to watch who you hang around. Be around people that are going to pour into you. Be around people that are going to speak life into you. Be around people that fit your future and not your past. Say that. Be around people that's not going to jeopardize your calling. I always tell people, when I look for a young lady to be in a relationship with, I always ask myself, will she jeopardize my calling in the future? Will she jeopardize my purpose in the future? Will she help me fulfill my purpose? Will she help me fulfill my calling? If you're not helping, if you're not bringing any benefits to my life, if you're not helping me become a better person, if you're not like just helping me grow, I don't want you around me. And at first I used to be like, okay, I'm a humble person, but I'm like, if so if I have an education and I'm hanging around three people that don't have an education, maybe my oil will pour off on them. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to come, trying to become closer to God, maybe my oil will pour off on them. But it, it had got to the point where I guess my oil was pouring, but it wasn't pouring into them because they they weren't, I get receptive of what I was doing and they never cut on. So I had to separate myself, had to love them from the distance and had to like become the person that I need to be for my future. I can't let anyone slow me down. The place that I am in right now, I'm in my selfish state, pointing to myself, becoming closer to God and becoming the person that I need to be for my career and for my purpose. There's nothing wrong with being selfish. A lot of us 
a lot of believers, people in church, they say, oh, I need to point to this person. I need to point to that person. Let me go out here and speak to the masses. Let me go out here and do a book sign. Let me go write a book. Let me go do these different speaking engagements. Let me just go do this women empowerment. But they neglect themselves. They don't get what they need to get. They just want to do, oh, I just want to talk. I just want to help people. There's nothing wrong with helping people. We are put on this earth to be servants. But at the same time, you got to take care of yourself. You got to focus on your career. You got to focus on your calling. You got to focus on your mental capacity. So you have to take care of yourself. There's so many nuggets in there. I'm trying to see which one to address first. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of this phrase, this quote that said, sometimes greatness requires separation. And as a pastor, I love to shepherd. I love to help. But there's a point like when somebody's not accepting the help, I got to move on to the other sheep they're really wanting, kind of what you're saying about pouring the oil. And I feel like that we can't pour from an empty cup. And you mentioned that sometimes people, they want to, you know, pour into other people and help other people and all that's good. But what are you doing for yourself? And 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 another thing that we talk about here, real people, real talk is just that the notion of self-love and self-care in a healthy way, because the two great commandments is to love God. And then to love your neighbor. But Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm curious to know from brother, brother, what do you do for self-care? The four things that I uh, said at first, pray, meditate, read book, uh, vent to my lady. I uh, like to play the game. Call of Duty. Okay. Zone. I like to travel. Um, I like to play basketball. But, you know, COVID going around right now, so I can't really hoop as I want to. I work out. That's really it, bro. Hang around my lady. You know, that's really it. What about you? I'm trying to find some different ways to do um, self-care in the midst of this COVID. But one thing that's really in this season is um, learning to say no and having like white space on my calendar. Because like God is omnipresent. I'm going to chase his rabbit and bring it back. But God is omnipresent and we're not. So it's okay for us to say no too often especially like as, as pastors and, and those in service and that love to help others too often. We want to be everything to everybody, but we just can't do that. And we got to learn to say no and just do the things that God has called us to do and lean on the spirit. And he'll, and he'll, he will reveal that to us. So good question. I appreciate you asking that back to me, man. You just said something so important because a lot of people is going to, a lot of people, you're going to help a lot of people with that because a lot of people or a lot of us, People that's uh, serving, pastors, motivational speakers, we be want to say no sometimes, but we don't want we don't say no because we feel like if we say no, this person might commit suicide or this person will fall into depression or something of that nature. So, I, man, you're gonna help a lot of people with that. I'm glad that you said that, and I'm glad that you said that because now I'm thinking. I feel like in all of us, maybe to a certain extent, if we're going to be honest, we have a little, I'm just going to say for myself, I got a little bit of people pleaser in me. I got a little bit of seeking approval in me. I feel like it takes a strong relationship with the Lord and understanding our identity in Christ, where we're not shaking when people don't approve of us. And when we have to say no, like we're going to let people down, we just got to lean on the Lord. And I mean, a lot of people, they're going through a lot. I mean, your book addresses several curses from the jail curse. Uh, drugs, poverty. 
lack of education and much more. And I'm, I would like for you just to, to zoom in on the, no pun intended, it's recording this on Zoom, but to zoom in on the listener now, like what encouragement would you give to the person that's trying to break family curses? Okay, if you are out here listening on the podcast, know that you can break your family generational curses. First thing you have to do is you have to pray. You have to pray for strength to actually break your family generational curse. Secondly, you have to feed your mind with positive thoughts. You have to feed your mind with, I will break my family generational curses. I can break my family generational curses. You have to surround yourself with people that's going to help you break your family generational curses. Be humble enough to reach out for help. Be humble enough to reach out to get a mentor, but be confident enough in yourself to know that you are enough. On your wall, put something on your wall, words and affirmation where you, every time you wake up in the morning, you see that I will break my family generational curse. I will become the first person in my family to graduate from college. I will become the first person in my family to make legal money. Get a and I'm looking straight ahead because I'm actually looking at my wall. Next thing you can do is make you a vision board. Look at that every morning that you wake up and every night that you go to sleep. Put your generation curses on those on that vision board and look at that vision board. When you see it, when you look at it, and when you rehearse and when you say words and affirmation, I promise you, they're going to become familiar to you and you're going to start remembering those things. You're going Those negative thoughts are going to get out of your head saying that no. You can't break them generational curse. Just the devil talking. You can't break that generational curse. No, you're not enough. What what makes you think little old you is going to break that generational curse? If nobody else in your family have broken it this far, why do you think that you can break that generational curse? And those are the tricks of the enemy. You can break your curse. You will break your family curse. Think about this. When you break your family generational curse, your family is going to be a whole lot better. They won't have to struggle with the same curse that you struggled with. So sometimes you have to make sacrifices for your family. Listener, you will break your curse. I'm proud of you already for breaking your family generational curse. I know it's get hard sometimes. I know you want to give up. I know you want to throw in the towel. But you have to remind yourself, nothing great comes easy. And this curse that you are going to break is great. So it won't be easy. Put your family on your back. And keep God in your circle. Know that you will do it. Man, a motivational speaker indeed. I feel like I can go and take over the world. And that was such a wonderful um, to-do list. Like I have affirmations and scriptures and motivational quotes that I read. I need to get back to reading on a daily basis, but I got to print it out and I read. And even in my office, I try to have things to, to motivate me. Like I'm looking right now, I got a picture of Martin Luther King that I have, that I have a dream got a picture of michael jordan who is the goat but that's another debate for another day that's the goat. see i knew he was cool like you think he the goat that's that's what i'm talking about and then also in my office um i have a i have my degrees on the wall uh, my um my bachelor's my master's and then i have a place for my doctorate where it says doctorate of ministry coming soon where that's like my motivational tangible reminder that i still have something that i need to attain and d'angelo before i let you go I mean, tell, tell my listener, like, what all do you have going on? And your motivational speaker, well, I ain't going to answer the question. I'm going to uh, hush and let you answer that. What all you have going on, man? Tell us about your business. Man, first thing I want to say is, man, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you. You got your bachelor's, you got your master's, and next you're going to have your, your doctorate degree, bro. I'm proud of you, bro. As a young, as from a young black man to another young black man, bro, 
we can rise above these obstacles. We can rise above the system, bro. We can do it. So I just want to say again that I'm proud of you, bro. Thank but you. right now, I'm I'm in the season of healing. I'm in the season of becoming another person that I need to be in order to fulfill my dreams. So those are two things that I'm currently doing right now. Really sums up my whole life, bro. And I do have a website called Breaking Family Curses where people can purchase merch, Breaking the Family Curse hats, Breaking the Family Curse t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, whatever you need. Even my book is on there. So if y'all want any merch, if y'all want to purchase my book, just go to www.breakingfamilycurses.com. And the merch is dope. It's more than just merch. Like it's a brand. It's a lifestyle that when I look at the stuff that you wear, it's like a visual and tangible reminder. Yeah, I got work to do to break family curses. And so we're going to transition to the lightning round where I have three questions for you, three additional questions for you. And you're going to answer these in 20 seconds or less. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. On your market set, go. What is your proudest accomplishment to date? Becoming closer to God. Favorite motivational quote? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And lastly, I ask this of almost every guest. How can my dear listener go from surviving to thriving? Keep God first. Read books. Meditate. Meditate on positive thinking and know that you will overcome anything in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. D'Angelo Collier, thank you so much for joining the show today, my brother. Thank you for having me, bro. Also to the listener, thank you for tuning in. I don't take it for granted that you are tuning in. Thank you so much. And if you enjoy this podcast, if you have enjoyed today's episode, I just want to encourage you to share it with friends. Send send it out to five people. Like text a link to about five people. Then post it on your social media and help others get this good content. And now that's all. I just want to encourage you to be all that God has called you to be. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.